closing out a series today uh, called Bold as a Lion. We've been talking about temptation over the last several weeks. If you've missed those sermons, if you're brand new this Sunday, man, we're so glad you're here. You can go back and watch those on YouTube. You can listen to them on iTunes. They're really going to set up a lot of stuff for today. But, but what I would say is this. We've been talking about temptation and overcoming the enemy and overcoming you and, and all of these things. And, and here's the desire behind all of that. We want you to overcome. We want you to have a life of overcoming. We want that Proverbs 28.1 that this series is derived from. We want you to live a life that you feel as bold as a lion because of the righteousness of Christ in your life. That's what we want for you. And we want that for the long haul. And as I thought about how to end this series, I thought, hey, the reality for most of us is we don't experience overcoming for the long haul. We experience it for a cycle, for a phase. I think you see this in lots of areas of life, but you see it in even holidays in life. You see it in Fat Tuesday and Mardi Gras. Do you know Fat Tuesday and Mardi Gras, we indulge in food and sex and alcohol and all these things. And it's called Fat Tuesday because the next day is Ash Wednesday where you give all that up. Right? And you see this microcosm of a cycle that a lot of us experience in all of life, which is indulgence full on in sin and then abstain from that sin, right? I saw this growing up in life. I grew up in the church and in high school, I did a lot of abstaining from sin. I was told in high school, like, hey, all these things, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, like drinking, smoking, and chewing, and going with girls who doing, that didn't make sense, but you know what I'm saying. I was told, like, hey, don't go near those things. Like, abstain, abstain, abstain. Like, as far away from you can as you can get away from those things. And that lasted till I got to college, till I dove headfirst into those things, right? Anybody testify with me, right? This is what a lot of our lives look like. It's not a steady overcoming over the long haul. It's a cycle of like, hey, I'm going to try not to lust. Like this time, pornography, it's the last time I'm not going to do it. White knuckle it. We're killing all internet access. And that lasts for a week or four months six months, and then you dive right back in. Or maybe for some of you, it's, it's gossip. Hey, I'm going to control my tongue. I mean, I, I'm extroverted. I'm a verbal processor. I speak my mind, but for a little while, I'm just going to not talk. <laughs> I'm just going to talk way less, and maybe I won't gossip, and that works for a week or a month or a year. Maybe for some of you, it's say, hey, I'm going to delete Amazon off of my phone. Like, this, this greed, this... This uh, spending, like shopping till I drop, it's, it's not working. And, I, and I've got to get away from that. And so I'm going to push that aside and kind of white knuckle it. And you're abstaining last for a little while. And then eventually you jump back in head first. Anybody relate to this? For so many of us, if we were just to be honest in church, and we can be honest in church this morning, if I were just to ask you, Hey, has this been a part of your life? You would say, no, Tim, it's a part of my life right now. In fact, as we talk about temptation, I am exhausted and I am frustrated. That this keeps on happening, this cycle, and, and I'm not bold as a lion. And I don't know, just because we did a cute four-week series, that it's going to change that. 
And so the reality is what I want to leave you with today as we close out this series is a better way. I want to to see a group of people come together and overcome for the long haul. And the Bible has a way that we can do that. But it's not simply by abstaining from sin and white knuckling it. The Bible has a better way. We see it in lots of places in Scripture. One I'm going to point us to this morning is Galatians 5, 16 through 17. Have a Bible, grab it, pull it out, and go there. New Testament, Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 17. Our first point is this, that overcoming for the long haul is not simply about abstaining from sin, but replacing it with something better. Overcoming from the lo- for the long haul is not simply about abstaining from sin, but replacing it with something better. We see that in Galatians 5. five. Read that with me. It says, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to one another to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Now, this is the Apostle Paul, and what he's doing here is refuting two ways that the Galatian people dealt with sin. One of those ways was legalism. AC talked about this last week. Go back and listen to that sermon. Legalism, that people that are obsessed with rules and and making everybody else follow their rules and, and kind of that just abstaining from sin and getting as far away from it as they can but never replacing it with anything. And so Paul is attacking that way of handling temptation and sin. It can't be about legalism. But he's also having to attack this idea of license with temptation and sin. The idea that, hey, Jesus loves me, this I know. So I'm going to go do what I want. And that, that license and way of handling temptation, doesn't matter what I do, doesn't matter what, what I give into, Jesus will forgive me. And you notice it with Paul, he says, but I say. He's contrasting those ways of handling temptation and he's saying there's a better way. And he talks about the flesh and the spirit. So we need to set that up just a little bit. Here's what the flesh and the spirit is. First, the flesh. The flesh isn't just physical desires, it's your fallen nature. And so it's, when you hear flesh, you see that in the text, it's not just like my flesh wants certain things like food for my physical desires or sex. It's not just those, it is partly those, but it's your entire fallen nature. In fact, a few verses later, Paul begins to list those things out and, and, and he says these things are evidence, an evident, obvious results of the flesh. And they are. What you see is societal sin. You do see sexual sin, but you also see religious sin. And all these things that are because of our flesh, our fallen nature. And all of us have a flesh. All of us have a fallen nature. Here's the reality. If you're not a believer in Jesus but you just come to church every once in a while, if you're just trying to white-knuckle the thing and abstain from everything, all you have is the flesh. And that is why for many of you, if you don't have Jesus, if you've never trusted your sin but also your life to Jesus, all you have is the flesh. And so of course you're not overcoming sin. Of course it's overcoming you. One theologian put it this way, that the flesh is all the evil that man is and is capable of apart from the grace of God. And so if you don't know Jesus this morning, listen, you can stop listening to me. You can start talking to him and tell him, hey, Jesus, I want to give you my sin. I want to give you my life. 
I've come in and out of church services like this. I've opened up my Bible. I've tried some religious rituals, but I've never given you my life. And I want to do that. You need to be baptized next Sunday. You can't overcome this fight of temptation. You can't fight this battle with just your flesh. But the reality is all of us, even if you believe in Jesus, you have, still have this flesh within you. But you also have the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, the one who, as you believe in Jesus, seals you, Ephesians 1 says. That when you do give in to temptation, that when you do sin, you have the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1 says, he put a stamp on you. And says, hey, you're my child. You're a child of God. Even though you just did that thing last night. Even though you didn't do the thing you were supposed to do. The Holy Spirit seals you as it indwells the the believer. But he also convicts you. So as you see things in your life that shouldn't be there. As you see this fallen nature kind of taking over in areas of your life. The Holy Spirit is the primary way you resist those things. You can overcome those things. That all happens from the Holy Spirit. And I think as we talk about the Holy Spirit, some will call it the Holy Ghost in churches. And and many of us think of the Holy Spirit that way. It's kind of mystical and mysterious. Maybe the Holy Spirit is that thing that makes us fall down like on stage in an emotional time. Or that's the Holy Spirit. But here's quite simply what the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit helps you live out any Christ-like behavior in your life. So it's not mystical. It's not mysterious. Anything in your life that you're like, man, that looks like Jesus, that's the Holy Spirit, right? So as you go home from a long day and instead of detaching, instead of disengaging and putting your AirPods in, you sit down and play with your kids. You ask your spouse how her day was. That's the Holy Spirit of God. That would care about somebody else more than you care about yourself. That's the Holy Spirit of God. As you wake up in the morning and you pick up your Bible, even though it's heavier than your phone, that's the Holy Spirit of God. As you send somebody a text, instead of being insecure about your own life and your own doubts and what everybody thinks of you, and you, for a moment, you take your eyes off yourself and you put it on somebody else and you text somebody and say, hey, how is your day today? I want to send you this verse. God brought you to mind today. I was praying for you today. As you do that, that's the Holy Spirit of God. As you sign up for Phoenix Christian Homecoming and you think of all the reasons, like it's Friday night, I probably got plans, I'm a popular person, I got things going on, I'm busy, everybody asks me what I'm doing, I'm busy. As you think about that and you think all that's true, but instead you're like, I don't know, man, I'm just going to step out, love moves, I'm going to step out in faith, I'm going to sign up to go serve at Christian Homecoming. I like football, I kind of like to watch the game anyway. That's the Holy Spirit of God in your life. As you decide to do something that's not for you, that's for somebody else to serve and model the the servant heart of Jesus, that's the Holy Spirit in your life. So it doesn't have to be mystical. It doesn't have to be mysterious. This is the way we can see all of us, the Holy Spirit is working in your life if you are a believer in Jesus. And Paul says, if you're a believer, you have these two realities working against one another, flesh and spirit. In fact, he, he gets a good picture. He says, the flesh is against the spirit. And the spirit is against the flesh. He says they're opposed to each other. This is Romans 7, the remix. Do you remember last Sunday, AC talked about Romans 7, like, hey, all the good things I want to do, I don't do. 
All the things I don't want to do, I find myself doing. Same author, the Apostle Paul. It's Romans 7, the remix. Like, use that one later with your friends, right? That's what this is. How do your flesh and how do your spirit interact with one another? Your flesh is in one corner of the ring and your spirit's in the other corner. And they're duking it out daily like inside your heart. Do you know that? That's what Paul is saying. Do you feel it? Do you feel it when you wake up in the morning and you think, hey, somebody once said, like, you're supposed to read your Bible to start your day and something called the quiet time. Do you, do you feel that, like, you, like, I should do that? And maybe you do. You see your Bible and you're just like, but it looks so heavy. And it looks so much more complex than, like, Facebook and scrolling. But you kind of, you want to read the Bible. But then you end up scrolling. And then you start your day that way, and then you get mad at your coworker or feel like you don't have a purpose in life, and you're like, man, I should have read my Bible. Anybody been there? The Bible is describing you right now. Don't you just love the Bible? How it doesn't ignore the realities of life. It explains them. It makes sense of them. Like Galatians 5 just described you. You have this flesh. You have this spirit. They're at tension. They're at odds. There's a boxing match. There's a fight. Now, there's some good news and bad news about this fight. What do you want first, bad news or good news? Bad news? Okay, yeah, me too. Let's just get it over with, right? Here's the bad news. It's a fight to death. Aren't you glad you came to church today? Flesh and spirit, they're duking it out in the ring of your heart, and it's a fight till the day you die. That's the bad news. Here's the good news. You don't have to lose in the fight. You have a supernatural source that is fighting on your behalf that is more, listen, more beautiful and more powerful than your flesh. It's both. It's more beautiful. We're gonna, the, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. You read that list and you contrast it with the other list of sins. And anybody would say, man, our world would be more beautiful if we had the fruit of the Spirit instead of the sins of the flesh. It's more beautiful. It's better. But it's also stronger. The Puritans used to say it this way, like, how do you dislodge a beautiful thing from the heart like a sin that we're so easily enticed by, that seems so pleasurable? How do you dislodge that beautiful thing from the heart? You replace it with a more beautiful thing. That's what's happening here. That's the reality in your life is you don't have to get knocked out in the fight. You don't have to be losing in the fight. You can win in the fight. And it's because of this supernatural source called the Holy Spirit. So how do we get that? Well, I'm glad you asked, right? Second point is this. Overcoming for the long haul doesn't just focus on the long haul but the daily steps. Overcoming for the long haul doesn't just focus on the long haul, but the daily steps. Did you notice it in verse 16, the imagery Paul gives us? He says, walk by the Spirit. Later, verse 25, he says, keep in step with the Spirit. I love that imagery. Because again, most of us think our engagement with the Holy Spirit is some dramatic moment. And listen, it could be for you. And praise God that that happened for you. But for most of us in life, Paul is acknowledging, here's how it's going to work. You're going to walk by the Spirit. Something we do every day. You're going to keep in step by the Spirit. It's going to be little moments that matter every single day in your life. 
And that's how you're not just going to abstain from sin, but replace that sin with something better, which is the Holy Spirit of God. He says it's a walk. It's a step. Colossians 3 talks about it this way. It's like taking off old clothes and just putting those new clothes on. Taking off that shirt that doesn't fit, that you wore in high school, that you still like, but nobody else does, and your wife is trying to get rid of. Just take it off and put a new one on. Right? Just that one little step, that one little action. Right? You're just walking. You're just putting on new clothes. It's like, uh, for me, my winter grass went in this week. Like I planted ryegrass in my yard. And I've never done it before, and I always miss the window. If you don't, if you don't own a home and you're not a weird, like, nerd dad like I am at this point in my life, and you don't know anything about this, like we have a window of the, the temperature drops to a certain amount, and then we can plant winter grass. And in a couple months, while everybody else's lawn is dying, yours is flourishing. Come on, people. And I always, I'm so sad when I miss that. And this year I marked it on my calendar. This is where I am in life, okay? Just pastoral confession. I marked it on my calendar. I'm going to plant winter grass. And honestly, when I say I'm going to plant winter grass, I mean my lawn guy is going to do that because I don't know what I'm doing with my lawn. And so we planted winter grass this week. But here's the first thing we needed to do to plant that new grass. We scalped my yard. It didn't look that good. We had to take it all down. We had to get rid of the old so the new could grow. That's the Christian life. There is some abstaining from sin that needs to happen. Some steps, some walking in a different direction that's called repentance. Some taking off some old clothes. Like that lust doesn't fit you anymore. Like that pride, it doesn't work in the kingdom of God anymore. That shirt stinks. Take it off. It's too tight. It doesn't smell good. Take it off. Walk a different way. Like that's the imagery that scripture gives us because it's right. You're a a new creation. Your identity is in Christ. Out with the old. New has come. And so before you put on some new things, you have to take off some old things. Before you walk towards the righteousness of Christ, you do have to walk away from that sin. Just like Mike, we had to scalp it, but it's not going to be scalped forever. We laid the new seed, and it's going to start growing step by step. One of the things they told us was as we water our yard, we don't need to soak it. We just need it three times a day for eight minutes each time. Because that's when the seed starts to germinate, starts to grow. You didn't know what you were going to learn today in church, did you? There's still time. You can plant winter grass. There's still time. Yeah. And I asked him, like, why, why not just, flip? He just, we need just a little bit each day, like frequent, occasional, like intentional watering. And then things grow. And I love that's what Paul says. Hey, it's just, it's not, maybe it's a dramatic moment for you. But the reality is every day just taking another step, just taking off those clothes and putting on these clothes, just deciding I'm not going to look at my phone before I pick up my Bible, just deciding, hey, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to try this. I'm just going to ask my wife how her day was and say, let's pray together before we go to bed. Hey, it's just a step. And I think this is so helpful because so many of us, we see the long haul and we want that picture Like we want that vibrant marriage. I mean, nobody wakes up one day and says, hey, I want in 20 years my marriage to be void of romance, to be void of love, and just to be stagnant. Nobody says that. 
Nobody says, hey, I want in my, my Christian life. I want to just like kind of meander through life. And when I get to my funeral, people are kind of like, yeah, he kind of tried his best. <laughs> Nobody wants that. They want, no, we want somebody like to say like, man, that guy loved Jesus, lived passionately, was bold, was courageous, bold as a lion. He wasn't like the wicked who fleed even though no one pursued him. He was like the righteous in Christ and was bold as a lion. And that guy influenced me and other people around me. And, and that's, all of us want that the day we die. All of us want that in the big picture of our life, to have that kind of life, to have that kind of influence, to have that kind of family. All of us want that. And yet, that picture in the long haul doesn't inform and affect the little moments of every day. The steps we take. We could go this way or we could go this way. The clothes you put on. And you're frustrated and you're exhausted because you're like, man, I want that. I want that marriage. I want. But you have to start taking those steps. You can't miss the moments. Like that, it's a spiritual moment when you read God's word. One verse. You know why? Because your flesh is going to listen to every other posturing of truth, pretend truth from the culture. And that one moment of real truth, Jesus-centered truth, it's going to change things. It's a step. You're being led by the Spirit. You're fighting that battle. That one moment. And that's helping you get towards the long haul. I've said this before, but it's in my marriage. Right? Here's the way that I try to be faithful to my wife. Like I, I think about this because I see a lot of other people and people, but also pastors who commit adultery. Like, anybody see that? There's friends that got married around the same time as you and now they're divorced. And the reason is adultery. I, I have friends like that. I, have, I know pastors like that. And one of my big commitments in life is just to be a good minister to my first ministry, which is my family, which is my wife, and then secondly to our church. And I don't want to commit adultery on my wife. But here's how I accomplish that. It's not by going on the whiteboard in our home and writing out a hundred times, I don't want to commit adultery on my wife. I don't want to commit adultery on my wife. I don't want to. It's not even just by like any woman who comes across my site, like I literally run away. There's partly that. There's partly some discipline in that. How do I ultimately not commit adultery on my wife? I take her to the Valentine at 7th Avenue and Indian School. And we have a ribeye like we did on Friday night and a good glass of wine. And we talk about life. We talk about seven years. We talk about 15 years of marriage. We talk about our kids and how they're at home and we're not with them right now. Come on, somebody. And I pursue my wife. It's like 2 Timothy 2.22. We run from some things, but we also pursue some things. We abstain from sin. We replace it with the Holy Spirit. Like, this is how it works. Do you know how good God is? That he doesn't just lay out all these things. And maybe this is what some of you experienced in church. Here's all these things. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, sin, lust, pride, greed. And just don't touch any of it. And just be miserable and die holy. 
God's good. He's not like that. No, God says, no, you come to me. You drink of living water. You come to me. You experience the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. You, you drink of this. You step in this direction. Hey, I got some new clothes for you. You don't need to wear that stinky old white tee that doesn't fit anymore because I got a collared shirt. It's got some nice stripes to it. It looks good on you. You're rocking it. It's not just abstaining from sin. It's replacing that sin with the Holy Spirit of God step by step. That's the way it works. That's how grass grows. That's how you grow. That's how you overcome for the long haul. It's not white knuckling. It's not just attending acute religious service. Listen, the biggest disappointment And depression from your pastor would be if we ended a cute sermon series that was like, oh, bold as a lion. That's kind of catchy. And you still have temptations and cycles and you're just going up and down and, and you're void of purpose and impact. And maybe you don't have a scandal and maybe you don't have adultery in your life. But you're just kind of meandering through life and these same sins that have been setting sins for five years and 50 years are still getting you down. That'd be a tragedy. What if it wasn't the case? And what if you just started taking a step? Just what if you took off that shirt? See, here's the reality. We've been in this series for four weeks. If you have been with us, God has brought temptations and sins to your mind. Hasn't he? I mean, he's brought them to your mind. And, and I feel like as we close this series, I just felt like God's saying, hey, there's, there's one for a lot of people that they're just hanging on to. And you know what that is. And you're just kind of hoping, no, we'll finish the series and I'll just kind of posture myself. I mean, we're in America, church. We kind of go eat lunch, watch football after church. Like, it's going to be easy. Like, I got the game plan. But there's that one thing that if you're honest, it's still crippling you. As I talk about that cycle, you still go back to it. That one addiction that you're like, man, I don't know why. It just still seems enticing, even though I know it, it it puts me in such a dark place. It's enticing, but then I start isolating, and I just, I don't want to do that, but then I go back to it. For some of you, that, that lust, that you just like, I just, I want that out of my life, and I, I just, I try, I white knuckle it, I put these uh, parameters on my, my phone, I put these people in place, but then I just, I go back to it, and I just feel ashamed and I, and I feel like God's not just disappointed in me but he's despised with me and I don't I don't want to go back there but then it looks so good and for some of you you're like how despicable that anybody struggles with those things and for you that one thing is religious pride and you just love like I don't struggle with anything Tim this temptation series like for somebody else but it's not me no it's for you it's just disguised with a respectable sin of religious pride but you like being prideful because it feels good, because it elevates you above other people. But then you're like, but I want friends. And, that, and everybody's feeling that and has that angst and that tension. You know why? Because the flesh and spirit, it's a boxing match in your heart. And they're fighting with one another. And I believe for most of us, there's one thing that you know about that you're just like, that's what it is for me. So I just want to close out this series this isn't a place of pretense or posturing, and we're not going to ask you to, like, yell it out, right? Everybody calm down. 
But what I would ask you to do, we gave you a journal at the beginning of the series. Maybe you have that. Maybe you have something you can write on. Maybe you just do it in a note on your phone. And you would just write this down. We can all do this together. That you would just write down the top line, just say, I admit blank. Maybe it's religious pride. Maybe it's lust. Maybe it's gossip. Maybe it's being consumed with worry. And just say, I admit. There's, that's your step, people. As you be led by the Spirit. You just say, it's confession and repentance. I admit and just write that down. The next line. I am helpless to fight this. I admit, write what it is for you, and then write, I am helpless to fight. And say it again. And then on the third line, would you write, Holy Spirit, fight for me. I admit I'm helpless to fight it. Holy Spirit, fight for me. Man, as a, a tragic as it would it be to leave this four-week series and still have that besetting sin and still have that cycle, how victorious would it be, how glorious would it be if you walked away today and said, hey, I'm not going to be perfect, but something's going to change in my life. I'm taking a step today. I'm taking off that old shirt today. I'm putting on a new one. Listen, it could be as simple as writing that down where, where you are. The only reason you write down things like that is the Holy Spirit of God. Some of you are like, somebody's going to look at my stuff. Like, that's your flesh. Like, the only reason you even can write something like that down, be encouraged today. The Holy Spirit's working in your life. Romans 8, I love it. It says, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Here's what that means. That means the Holy Spirit can overcome death. It can overcome your porn addiction. The Holy Spirit can overcome death. It can overcome your religious pride. The Holy Spirit can, like in a fight, it beat death. Jesus rose from the grave, amen? Amen. The Holy Spirit can, in a fight, beat your gossip and beat your pride and beat your worry and consumption with worry and control. The Holy Spirit overcame death. It can overcome your sin. Amen? And just by writing it down, just by taking a step, by getting baptized, by declaring your gods, not your flesh, your gods, not the world, your gods, not the enemies. By, by signing up to serve in a community and impact a school for Christ. Just a step, just a step. Just take off that shirt, put on a new shirt. The, the series is entitled Bold as a Lion. Be bold today by just taking a step. What's that for you? I mean, some of you wrote it down where you were seated. Some of you, that's not enough of a step. You need to talk to somebody else. We're going to have a prayer team down here at the altar that would love just to talk with you and just to pray with you. 
Maybe you need help processing, like, how do I take this step? What step is that for me in this specific sin? And you don't have to share the specifics or the bare details. Just give us the basics. Man, we'd love nothing more. These people want to pray for you. What if you took a step? What if we overcome sin for the long haul? What if that was your story? What if you were bold as a lion? Let's pray together. Father, thank you for these men and women. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that woke them up this morning and that they could have done a lot of things, but they said, I'm going to church today. That prompted them to write these things down on their journal, to be honest. That's the Holy Spirit working. I thank you for your Holy Spirit working in my life, in our lives today. And God, I pray now as we as we respond, as we sing, the Holy Spirit would prompt us to declare in victory that you satisfy, that you're stronger and more beautiful than sin, and you satisfy, and that that would be our story, and that we'd run from some things, but we'd also pursue Jesus. And for God, some of us, we just need to declare that and have a public cry to say that's true in my life. It's not hypothetically true for somebody else. It's true in my life with my sin. And God, we would declare that through songs. God, I pray for some of us that we just, we need to take that step and help taking that step. And that's what this team is down here at the front to pray with people. Maybe it's a step to invite Jesus into their life for the first time and not just try to fight this battle with the flesh that's going to be a losing battle, but invite your spirit to help them fight for the very first time to get baptized next Sunday. God, I pray that they would take that step literally and coming down and talking to someone before they leave. God, that we would be bold this morning. God, I pray for those who, who know you already but just need help figuring out this step. And, and God, you say we pray for each other so that we may be healed and, and some of us need healing and we would just take that step this morning. Whatever it is, God, pray that you would prompt us by your spirit right now to take that step. We wouldn't miss this moment so that we could overcome for the long haul. God, I pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen.